Rebellions are built on hope. Incoming transmission. Radio Rebellion. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. How are you guys doing? I am your host, Alberto. You see my name down there. Thank you for joining us on another great Star Wars weekend. It's great to be back. Star Wars is back. The Bad Batch is back. Animated Star Wars is back. We're back. Radio Rebellion. We've been gone. I don't know, man. It feels like forever. I think our last official show was about a month ago, right? About a month or so ago, we had our episode with Arsu, we talked about the High Republic, and then we had uh, our Victory Prize review of the Alphabet Squadron novel, and then we had our great 100 subscribers special episode when we went live, did a watch party of Revenge of the Sith with a bunch of great, great guests. You guys should go ahead and check that out. It was a lot of fun. But we haven't had an official, official show since back in April, so almost a whole month. I think it's been a month. Look, and look what happens. My beard has grown. I got all this hair now. So, yeah, see what happens when you guys are not here with me. Oh, man, give me a second. Let me get camera ready. I get, all right. Well, here we are talking Star Wars in, doing our hiatus, our mid-season break, which I called it The Bad Batch Came In, the first or the latest Star Wars animated series since Rebels and Resistance. Uh, we did have the Clone Wars ending, that's uh, season seven finale, and then that's been it. Basically a whole year without any new Star Wars, no new movies, no new TV shows. Of course, we had The Mandalorian, I'm sorry, a few months ago, about the end of the year. And then we finally got The Bad Batch, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it. It's coming out every Friday, so last episode was last week. That's the fourth episode of The Bad Batch for season one. And here we are, we're talking Bad Batch, episode one, two, three, four. So how are you guys doing? What are your thoughts so far on the Bad Batch? Are you guys excited about the show? I know most of you out there were, were excited, couldn't wait for another Star Wars animated show. I'll say it, I'll put my name again on the chopping block because I've been saying it for a while. When this series was announced last year or whenever it was, I said I wasn't excited. I wanted to move away from this time period. I'm done with the clones. I'm done with this Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith time frame. I know this is right after Revenge, but I wanted to move past this. I wanted something new. So I wasn't really excited about this. The first trailer came out. I repeated the same thing. But also, I had the caveat. I said, but Star Wars animation hasn't missed yet. Dave Filoni, Lucasfilm Animation, everyone over there has knocked it out of the park with Clone Wars, Rebels, even Resistance. I did enjoy Resistance for what it was. So I had those hopes that it would still follow the footsteps of all the previous Star Wars animated projects. And I'll bite my tongue, swallow my words. So far, I've really enjoyed the Bad Batch. So I went from not being really excited about it when this show was announced 
to now really waiting every Friday to see what's the next story for the Bad Batch. So I'll leave my words for what I said before the series started. But again, I said it before and I'll keep saying it. Star Wars animation has never missed so far. So, so far, so good. So yeah, again, it's been a while. I haven't talked to you guys in almost a month officially, especially if you're listening to this on the audio podcast. This is the first show since April, since late April, and we're already late May. So it's been a while. I mean, I always get nervous. I've been doing this for almost a year and a half now, and I always get nervous before a new show. I'm being out for so long. I was a little bit nervous coming back, but you guys are here always keeping me up of course tony's here mr rest yes very happy with it very happy with the bad batch i'm happy that you're here tony with us as always talk a little bit bad batch hunter wrecker echo crosshairs that traitor and omega the newest member so it's gonna be great so i think i've talked enough right five minutes let's get on it but before we do as always if you're watching this on the live show make sure that you like the video Pretty simple. Hit that thumbs up. It helps us get out there so more, more people can enjoy the show. Leave us a comment later if you're watching this later on the repeat or you watch it live and want to come back as you had so much fun. Leave us a comment of what are your thoughts so far on the Bad Batch? Are you excited for the future? What the next few episodes are going to be? And make sure you subscribe to the channels. Like I mentioned two weeks ago, almost three weeks ago, we had a, a 100 subscribers special. So let's keep going. We're 105, I think, is our subscribers. As we keep growing, we'll keep doing those special watch parties, which were extremely fun. If you haven't checked that out, go check it. And like I said, subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, when it comes out later this week, leave us a comment, leave us a review, rate, rating, whatever you call it. Just give a five star, four stars. Yeah, we like it. We don't enjoy certain parts. Let us know. All criticism or all, we want to hear from you. It's what I'm trying to say. All right. So with that said, here we go. Because we're talking Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. I know you like them. So this is our review show for episodes one through four. Aftermath, Cut and Run, Replacement, um, Cornered, everything. We're talking Bad Batch today with you guys. So thank you for being here. So let's start. Like I mentioned before, I wasn't excited for the Bad Batch when the show was announced. When the first trailer came, I was, again, I want to get out of this. I don't want more Clone Wars. Clone Wars Season 7 was a great finale to that series. I was ready to move on. And a lot of people were talking, oh, no, this is going to be Clone Wars 7.5, basically. We'll we'll sell it as the Bad Batch. It'll be Clone Wars Season 7.5 or 8. And I was, I was scared. And then the first episode dropped, May 4th, of course. May 4th, may the 4th be with... Again, I haven't seen you guys in a while. Well, may the 4th be with you, Revenge of the Fifth or Revenge of the Sith, whatever you want to follow. But then Bad Batch came out, that first, first episode called Aftermath. And of course, it has to start with Order 66. <laughs> Order 66 is so painful every time we see it. But before that, so the first episode comes and it starts the same way of Clone Wars with that voiceover about what's going on. The war is over. It's about to be uh, Obi-Wan has engaged General Grievous. We had that great then animated parallel of the Revenge of Revenge of the Sith with your Grievous. We saw the rescue. We saw Anakin and Obi-Wan rescuing the Emperor. It looked great. 
But again, he had that Clone War feel. I'm like, no, this is what I, why are we starting the same way? I was nervous. I'll say there, I was nervous for those first five minutes because it felt too much like Clone Wars. Even when Order 66 came, we got, who was there? You know who was there? Depa Belava, our friend Depa, um, with a young Kanan Jarus who was there also. We'll show him in a minute. And then we had Order 66 came, as you see our friend, the Emperor Sidious there. And it was extremely sad because we've seen Order 66 countless times. Now we've seen it in the movies, we saw it in Clone Wars, and now we're seeing it again on the Bad Batch. So I was, again, I was nervous. Those first five minutes, I'm like, ah, again, this is what I don't want. I had, I watched the show a little bit later in the evening, usually at 6, 6.30 to 7 in the evening. Impossible to stay out of social media. Although I didn't see many spoilers, but a lot of people were raving for the beginning. They were all saying, oh, the first five minutes, I was already sold. And I was completely on the other side. I was, no, this is the same thing. This is Clone Wars 7.5. I, I don't want this. Even though Order 66 was very impactful seeing it. We, and like I said, we had Depa there, which in the Kanan comic, and there was a big controversy. I haven't read the Kanan comics, but some people told me what the way that Order 66 happens, there's in this campfire, they're, they're talking with the clones where the order comes in. So they changed that a little bit. And a lot of people that really love that comic and like, and love Kanan and Depa had that, ah, why are you changing Canon? I was talking about this on Twitter the, today, Canon, it, how important Canon is, so it's not, and they're changing little bits. So it was something out there. So anyway, so even though Order 66 was really impactful against in it in the Bad Batch here, we can see a young Kanan, which again, whitewashing with them and the Bad Batch, we'll get to that later on. But after this, after Order 66 happened, Kanan, Hunter lets him go. He tells Crosser, nah, he fell jumping that ravine or whatever it is, which Crosser didn't, didn't bite. But after that, it switches. And then the actual Bad Bash show starts, and now you got me. After those, those first five minutes, I was a little nervous because it was too similar to Clone Wars. Then you got me. That hook came in, they went to Camino, and the whole show changed. It, not only that show, Star Wars, the universe changed. The way it went like this from the Republic and the clones to nurse the Empire and this close to Stormtroopers. And all the clones that turned in Order 66, man, that transition was quick. They didn't order. Yeah, Order 66, we're done. We've been waiting for this. They're pushing the bash out of the way. They're shooting droids. Pull Omega's droid just got blasted because he touched one of the, the clones. Because I think he pushed or he has an argument with Omega. The, clone, the, the droid came in to step in and just got blasted. Clones are not messing around now. I know there's those jokes about, oh, the stormtroopers can't hit anything. But right now, those clones are pretty, they're pretty messed up. They don't take orders from anyone. They treat the Bad Batch like crap, which in season seven of Clone Wars, it was the other way. The, the Bad Batch came in, they're enhanced clones. They're doing what the others can't. Right now, they're on the outs. So it was great seeing the, that change and how quickly it happened. And it's that transition from the Republic to what is now the Empire, transition into the Empire. In these first four episodes, it's very interesting to see and how quickly that progression is going. And I'll keep talking about it as we talk about all the different episodes, but we saw it with Order 66, the clones then 
transitioning to closer to stormtroopers. Now chain codes were brought in and everything else that happens in episode two, three, and four. Very interesting how quickly the dynamics of the whole galaxy are changing under this new regime. One thing I said, uh, the music, of course, Kevin Kiner killing it as always. The music is great. One thing I really like so far is Echo. When Let's talk real quick about the core group. So the Bad Batch were Hunter as their leader, Crosser, of course, the Sniper. You have Tech and Wrecker. Those were the, the main four that we met at the end of uh, during season seven of the Clone Wars. And then Echo becomes part of this group after they rescue him in that in that in that uh, those four episodes in Clone Wars. So now those are the five, and I really enjoyed Tech by the end of the Bad Bash arc in Clone Wars. I really didn't like the Bad Bash at first episode. It took about three or four for me to start getting into the groove of them. And Crosser, I never really liked too much, and Wrecker were the two that I didn't connect with that much, at least the least. I really loved Tech by the end of it, because he felt like he was the droid of the group, doing everything that a droid does. Then you add Echo to this to this batch. They're the bad batch. You add, you mesh Echo with them, and now Echo becomes my favorite. So far, I love everything they've done with Echo. He's designed to, he's by, by far my favorite. His armor look with the little skirt pauldron or whatever those are called. His helmet is awesome. The robot things he has on the back is great. His scump link that he has on his hand on his hand because it's got chopped off, unfortunately. And like Tech told him, you're more machine now than man. Again, the reverse of Darth Vader. Because Darth Vader went to the other side. Uh, but I really love Echo so far, what they're doing with him. And even though Tech seemed to be that droid in Clone Wars, now Echo is fulfilling that part, which I'm good with it because we all love droids in Star Wars. But the way that Echo, just his look, and by the end in episode four, I love that his whole look in that in the series so far. But okay, who's the newest member? Who broke Star Wars? Grogu, we love you. There's a new kid in tow, and this is the one we're all putting our cheese behind. The great Omega. Big, big discussion in the fandom afterwards. Once we learn it's a female clone, a female enhanced clone that doesn't look like any of the others. So the big story out there, the big, I don't know, what everyone's trying to figure out is what is her enhancement? Is she a clone of Palpatine? Is she a clone of Django Fett? Is she a clone of Luke Sand? Because that comic that showed Vader going to Exegol and finding Luke Sand supposedly in that vat of whatever with the other clones, I mean, Snoke's clones or whatever they are. So where does Omega come from? I don't have a lot of speculation right now. I don't know where she wants. I just want the story to tell me to tell me she does have that look very similar to Palpatine, especially with the blonde hair pulled back. But we don't know. Um, so we'll see. Very interesting to see where Omega goes and what her enhancements may be. We'll talk about that at the end when we talk more about speculations, what we think the rest of the series is going to be. So basically, the Bad Bash, they go to Camino are trying to figure out what is happening with Order 66, why did the clones turn on the Jedi, the end of the war, and all this stuff. And then Hunter doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't want to just blindly follow the other clones or the new Imperials. Everyone's basically following what he's saying, except Crosser. 
Crossers like good soldiers follow order. And I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but let's keep keep Crosser bad. Crosser was probably my least favorite of the Bad Batch group. I really love what they're doing with him right now as part of this empire, the way he's acting. Again, it's that enhanced clone on the other side. I just love the way Crosser has been utilized after this first episode. So they get to Camino. They have, a, again, a big discussion over there. Tarkin shows up and crap hits the fan because Tarkin is, okay, we're done with clones. You served your purpose. We need Empire troops are going to be loyal to us, are going to follow us without questions. These clones, enhanced clones, or whatever you want to call them, are going to be a problem. So let's send them to find Saw Guerrera and his band of, not rebels at this point, but insurgents, and just eliminate them. So go over there, find Saw, kill everyone, and if you do that job well, then we can stay, you can stay with the Empire, we can talk about it. So they go over there and they see these are not insurgents, they're just trying to survive, they're people. So Hunter, Wrecker, Echo, and Tech are like, now nah, we're not gonna kill this, all these guys are just trying to leave and live here. And we gotta figure out what's going on with the Empire and the Jedi and the clones and all this. And Crosser is like, again, good soldiers follow order. That's not the mission. We complete the mission. We've never failed in a mission. We gotta kill all this, all them right here. And Hunter's not having it. So again, we got Saw Guerrera has been in more Star Wars than Luke Skywalker, I think at this point which I don't care. So it's a great character. It's a lot of people had an issue with his design because he didn't seem too too close to the saw that we saw in Rogue One. I think it still tracks comparing him to Rebels and then when we, sorry, to Clone Wars first, then Rebels because we saw him twice in Rebels and then the way he comes out, he looks in Rogue One. So I think his look is fine. Again, this whitewashing, which I'm not just glossing over, we'll talk more about it at the end. I think I think he looks fine. A lot of people were saying he was too light skinned. Some people were trying to defend that it's just the lighting because it's dark and they put some light on it. So it looks that way. Some people bought into it, others didn't. I really like the look. Let's take the controversy aside. I really like the look of So Guerrera here. That hair, his scar, it looks great. But again, So Guerrera, he's everywhere in Star Wars. Clone Wars, Rebels. Movies, Bad Batch, more than Luke Skywalker, Kenobi, all those gotta bow down to So and his impact in Star Wars. Hi, Cat. Hi, Verder Girl 27. How you doing? Thanks for joining us. We're talking Bad Batch. I'm sure you, you've seen it. Should have said it at the beginning, this is a spoiler episode, but I'm pretty sure you guys know that by now. Um, so basically, the Bad Batch Hunter says, No, we're not killing the, all these people without enough information. Records, I mean, Crosshair's not having it, but they go back to Camino. They're put in a jail cell with Omega, and then Omega wants to get out of there. He says, she says, there's something going on here. I want to be with you guys. We're all kind of these enhanced clones. we got to look out for each other. And the Camino ones kind of, uh, they're just looking the other way. They let this little 12-year-old girl just live with a bunch of clones without a lot of question of what's going on. But they leave, and then you have, or they're, sorry, they're trying to leave, and Crosshair is like, eh, no, you're not, you're not going anywhere. Um, so there's a lot of tension be between the clones in Clone Force 99 and Crosshair. 
especially Hunter and Crosser, they have that great battle at the end trying to get to the ship and just leave out of there. We get a probe droids. You know me, I love my probe droids. Where is it? There we go. Probe droid here, probe, probe droid over there. That's our, our team logo. So it's always great to see probe droids in Star Wars. Uh, yeah, we're doing great, Cat. Thank you. Again, thanks. Very good that you're doing well. Thanks for being here. So you're on another chat the other day, yesterday probably. I don't know. Everything meshes. Um, so yeah, so let me get so out of here. So you're taking attention away from me. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, so I do think that that first episode, even though I'm jumping ahead a little bit, was a very good episode, very good opening to the series. It let us know what Bad Batch more or less is going to be about. There was a lot of talk about, are they going to be helping the Empire before the show started? Are the Bad Batch going to be part of this? new empire and then throughout the series they realize that something is wrong and switch are they going to be hunting jedi you know so right off the bat their inhibitor chips didn't function they're trying to figure out why probably their enhancement kind of removed the effects of the inhibitor chip at least to a certain degree because it did affect crosser a little bit and by the end of this episode record it's by the next one record hits his head and there's a lot of that's going on with, with that, but um, so yeah. So that's basically the first episode, a great introduction to the group, great new character in Omega that everyone is uh, putting their lives on the line to save Omega. I said it before, and here, here we go. Here comes the hate and the first download. I like Omega. I don't love the character so far, especially by the first episode. I'm like, okay, it's a new character. It's interesting what they might do with her, but everyone was already ready to throw hands if you said anything bad about Omega. I'm still in that in between, just because I don't know where the character is going to go, what's her augmentation, is she really trying to help them, is there another, I don't know. Omega is a good character, I'm still not 100% on board with this as one of my favorite characters. Um, and Wrecker, everyone loves loves Wrecker. It's this big softy, right? I'm still on the outs with Wrecker a little bit. I think he's downplayed too much in how dumb sometimes he's made to feel. But it doesn't take away from the enjoyment. By the end of the episode four, I'm really liking Wrecker more and more, which again, it goes to show why doing serialized TV shows sometimes are better than a two-hour movie because like i mentioned way back when in season seven of clone wars it took me four episodes to start to like the bad batch by the end of that arc same here i wasn't too on board with record when the show started now by episode four i'm getting more into the character so again it's this transition we gotta let the whole thing play out um who knows who knew that he loves those little teddies um plushies lula everyone loves lula like that cool red and black uh stuffy that he has lula's cool i'll give him that lula's pretty cool all right so that's it that's basically the first episode on our friend is here as we could keep going going what the hell is as we keep going as we keep going to episode two let's say hi to our friend who was here during our special episode of the Revenge of the Seas Watch Parties, Oti, their podcast, their Star Wars. He's saying, I agree with what you said about record, but I will never forgive you for not loving Omega. We'll see. It's still early. I just said it takes time. I like Omega. 
I'm not in love with the character yet. And our friend Michael is here from the Two Metro Network. How are you doing, Michael? Live long and prosper. Don't shut us down for that. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I have kids and I know how kids act that every time she does something like, man, if I was her dad, no, you stay in that ship. I don't care if you've never left Camino. You almost died in that weird moon with that creature. You almost died in the second episode, getting shot at by all the Imperials. Now you want to go and explore Pantora? No, you stay in the ship. That's me as a parent. Maybe I'm too harsh and maybe it's, that's why I'm, I'm too overprotective and that's why I'm just, come on, treat her a little, get a bit different. But then we jump to episode two, cut and run. A lot of people were talking about this even before that bash shot it. Cut Luke Way has to be here. The clone that defected, we have to see him. Episode two, they go, I don't remember the planet to go, oh, Salukumai, I do remember because I wrote it down. So episode two starts, no voiceover. Great, you got me again. Now we're on the path that I want. So I mentioned episode one started with that same Clone Wars voiceover. I didn't like that because it felt too much like Clone Wars. Now to episode two and everything else, that voiceover is gone. Bad Batch is not Clone Wars. It's a totally, totally different show. And I really, really like that. And then we see Omega experiencing everything for the first time. She's never left Camino. She's just been in that planet with all the crashing waves and the rain. And now she's outside by the end of episode one. She sees hyperspace for the first time. You see all the, the stars going by in her eyes. Which, one thing I didn't mention, I'm going to mention it probably in all the episodes. The animation in the Bad Batch is one of the best out there. Episode one, great animation. By episode four, I don't know how in so such a short time, time span, the animation seems to be getting better and better with each episode. So even if the show, even if the story wasn't good enough, just watch it, put it on mute and just watch the animation. It's some of the most beautiful Star Wars out there. So we have Omega experiencing everything for the first time. They go to Salukumai to visit Cut Lockway. I'm probably butchering that last name and his family with Lou. I think her, his wife's name is Lou and two kids. So for Omega again, first time being outside, first time seeing dirt and sand. Sorry, Anakin, Omega loves sand and dirt. Vader, don't come for Omega, because just hide Omega. If you see Vader, pocket sand, right? That's it. I'm sure you get some sand on all those clone pockets. Pocket sand. <laughs> um, and he's playing with kids. Kids his own age. He's always been around adult clones. I'm sure there's some young clones on Camino, but they grow pretty fast, so he doesn't have any friends. So it's probably stuck with the Camino ones for most of it. So he's finally playing with some kids his own age. And that's a new experience for her, for all the other kids, for Cut, Lou, even for the Bad Batch, Hunter and Wrecker, especially seeing now that paternal figure. Um, I guess they've been there before because they recognize Wrecker, the kids, oh, Uncle Wrecker. And he's again, this big aloof, aloof uncle that everyone loves. So, okay, you're hitting me, you're hitting me. and slowly breaking my, not hate, but my understanding, I guess, of records. So now you're starting to show him as this overprotective uncle a little bit. And that con continues with Omega, especially by episode four. And then Hunter gets slapped in the face by, by God, basically saying, hey, dude, you got a kid now. So you got to protect her. Whatever you do now is for this kid. 
you gotta be careful what how you treat her. You just can't be yelling at her, especially because she's never been here or never been experiencing this. Kids are playing, she kicks a ball or throws a ball, and they tell her, Don't go past, don't go past that line. Again, she's she's a kid, and this is when I get girl, they just told you, don't go, stay here. When you're gonna cross the road, you look both sides. You think my kids do that? No. They didn't do it this morning in a party across the street. You tell Omega, don't go over there. We'll get the ball later. What does she do? Let me go get the ball. And then you get a Nexu trying to chew her up. So again, Omega, just you're new. You're new to the world, all these experiences. So listen to the other people. But she gets saved. And then that's when Cut basically tells Hunter, hey, you got to be a little bit more gentle with her. The way you're talking to her, this is all new. You're basically a pirate now, so chill we'll get into that later is this too similar to Dean Jaren and Grogu and the Mandalorian I will see in the same bits I don't think so but we'll get to it in a little bit so new things again the world is building the world is building the world is growing in Star Wars switching from the Republic to the Empire chain codes we heard about chain codes in the Mandalorian we didn't know at least I didn't know what chain codes were we saw Boba Fett saying, this is my chain code with all the information about the armor. And here we start understanding what this is. This is the way of the empire keeping track of everyone. You want imperial credits? Because Republic credits are not good anymore. We'll switch yours, Republic credits, to imperial credits at no charge, because we're so good. But we're going to assign you a number just to don't worry about why. But if you want these credits for free, we're going to assign you a number. Yeah, sure, let's do it. People are so ah, trusting of the new empire. Why? It's called the empire. Why would you trust something called the empire? Oh, and its leader is this wrinkly guy. <laughs> anyway, so Cut tells the Bad Batch, hey, I'm trying to leave Salukomai, but the port the empire's there, and if you don't have a chain code and some travel passes, you're not leaving. They'll see that I'm that we're clones. I'm not leaving anywhere, so you, you gotta help me. Our ship is here. Tech can get some fake IDs, basically, and we'll leave the planet. We'll get it. Get gets the chain codes, and then Hunter tries to pawn Omega to Cut and his family. Hey, gonna, it's better if you're with them. Their parents. The kids, it's a family, it's better than to be with us, which I understand. I mean, it, it took Dean Jaren, Mando, like two seasons to give up Grogu for a better life. Hunter did it in two episodes, an episode and a half. Okay, I had this, this kid, I don't know where he came from. Cut, you got him, it's yours. All right, bye. Omega didn't want that. Hey, I left because I want to be with you guys, I want to be with you. And then Hunter can, all right, you, you, you're, getting, you're getting to me, kid. He takes Omega with him, and one there is this big firefight that happens in this airport or this spaceport. Everyone's trying to leave. They see the Bad Batch trying to break free their ship where it was on lockdown. And there's a there's a firefight happening about a hundred feet from where everyone else is reading chain codes. Nobody cares. It's like another Tuesday on Salukumai. Everyone's, okay, where's your chain code? Okay, get on the ship, where's your chain code? You don't have it, go back in line. Oh, there's a firefight, there's clones and some weird people in gray armor fighting over there. Don't worry about it. Come on, chain codes, chain codes. Again, it's it's fine, but when you start thinking about how silly it is, 
that imagine, imagine if you were in an airport and there's a fight going through going on and not just uh, two people arguing and throwing punches you guys ah that's just dumb get me on the plane but if i hunt uh, two gates away from you there's people shooting and shooting basically and you're in line you're like, come on I, I gotta get on my plane no everyone would be running and screaming but there's like yeah well don't worry just get on the ship show me your chain code you can get out of here um so another thing that i love in this episode is we start seeing the relationship thank you michael thanks for joining go work take the train thank you for being here as always go check his channel always good stuff over there so thanks michael for stopping in for a little bit uh, I love the banter and the relationship that starts building with uh, between Echo and Tech. I said before in Clone Wars Season 7, Tech was more of the droid of the group. Now Echo is taking over that, that spot, basically. But I just love the relationship because they're, they're not really like 3PO and R2, but a little bit. Like you have two clones which act like droids, one because... It's all about numbers, right? Tech is like an IT person. No emotions. His logical sense, if you want to say, oh, he's very logical, just in the things that make sense to him. And if you're not on, on his same beat mentally, you're like, uh, come on, dude, it's obvious. But he doesn't tell people because he thinks everything is obvious when it has to do with numbers and computers and things like that. So that way it's a little bit like R2, I think. And then you, be, you bring Echo, which is another droid, but more outspoken if you we need to do all this. And uh, have you fixed the ship? Why were the, I don't know, something was wrong with the ship in episode three and Echo's like, we gotta fix this because if not, we're not going too far. And Tech is like, oh, well, all the life support systems are fine. We're fine, don't worry about it. So the relationship is very cool. I really like their dynamic and then Episode two ends with them leaving the leaving the planet, leaving Salukumai, Kot and Luan, his family are able to leave the planet. But now we have that team is built. Omega is now part of the team, part of the bad batch. We're good to go. They're trying to find Rex. Cut told them that Rex was there a few days before, a few weeks ago. So they're going to find Rex at some point. We saw Rex in the trailer, so we know he's coming. But yeah, episode two. Some people call this a filler, which again, it's two episodes. How are you gonna call the second episode a filler not knowing where the story is going? But especially after seeing every Star Wars animated series and knowing that everything has a payout at the end. Don't call anything a filler or a throwaway episode till at least the season is over and most likely the whole series. But this episode built that relationship between Hunter and Omega that they're trying to build that paternal relationship, father-daughter, and also establish Omega as part of the group. So very good episode, different than the first one, but very good. Whew, then we jump to episode three, Replacement. Probably my favorite episode so far because we have two different stories going on at the same time. We have the Bad Batch, like I mentioned, had trouble with the ship, had to do a crash landing on this moon in I don't know which system. They have to find a way to fix the ship and get out of the moon. And then on the other end, you have Tarkin with this new guy, what's in Rampart, which is 
But he looked very wooden. It's like a, the Star Wars version of Pinocchio or Toy Story, right? Of, or Woody from Toy Story. He looked just that. I say I love the animation of the show, and I do love it with the brush strokes, but the way the character was designed, it looked like a piece of wood just moving. Oh, I'm Captain Rampart, which then gets assigned Admiral, promoted to Admiral. I love how easy it is to get promoted in the Empire. You do one good thing and Tolkien was like, okay, now you're an Admiral, that's it. I wish it was that easy in real life, right? You do one good thing and your immediate boss says, okay, you, you get a promotion, you're good now. Anyway, so you have, back on Camino, you have Tolkien and this Rampart guy trying to now make the transition from clones to conscripted soldiers, which is something that in Star Wars since the prequel trilogy, Prequel trilogy came out has always been a discussion. When did it change from clones to soldiers? And then by the first order, these are kids that they're taken away from their family. Right now, we're soldiers that are pledging their loyalty to the Empire. So we have, like I mentioned, Tolkien and Rampart on Camino, talking to the Camino ones, basically saying, clones are done. We don't need clones anymore. They're getting older. Not all, all of them follow direction. Look at the bad batch. They didn't. There's something wrong with their inhibitor chip. Let's go get new soldiers. We're getting conscripted soldiers, people that know the new Rep the republic didn't look out for you guys. They didn't give you benefits. I guess you didn't get health insurance with the republic. The empire is gonna give you that. You just have to kill everyone, but you'll get health insurance. So maybe it's a it's a it's a trade-off. You got you gotta balance that out. Health insurance, kill everyone. Sometimes health insurance is important. But you have that on one end. I will go back to that in a second because that was some of my favorite from this episode. And then on the other end, like I mentioned, the bad bats crash on this moon. They have to fix the ship, but there's this weird creature that took the part that they need. But then you you lose Omega. Uh, Omega, again, you gotta stay, stay with your group. So Omega and Hunter go tracking, go try to find this creature with the piece that they need to fix the ship. And again, that was fine. I didn't, there was not, was really nothing that episode, in that part of the episode that really hit, hit for me. You did see Omega bonding with the creature in the sense that she found out that they needed that energy. They were just chewing on the energy. And that's why if you reflected a light or something on their eyes, it came attacking you. So she just gave him, gave this creature her flashlight. She took the piece, went back to the ship. Tech is trying to find out how inhibitors chip work, trying to get more information about them. And then, so that's just the, this is a small part of the episode. But on the other end, you have, you have Tolkien, you have Rampart, you have the Camino ones, and then you have, uh, oh, forgot his name, Crosshair, and all these new recruits, I guess. So the Empire brought these four ex-Republic ex troopers, not clone troopers, but they're part of the Republic, and now becoming stormtroopers, and they, Tolkien wants to see if they do follow orders and follow through killing Saul and his band of rebels over there, of insurgents. 
and then they put Crosser in charge of this group and they go over there and they wreck shop. They don't care. They're burning everything, killing kids. They're killing everyone. And they find out that So Guerrera left. There's still some, some people in their own inhabitants. And some of there's one of the guys from this group that says, no, no, that wasn't part of it. We were here to kill So. He's not here. Our mission is complete. And Crosser again, good soldiers follow order. That's not the mission. We complete the mission. The trooper didn't want to do it, gets shot by Crosshair and basically says, if you you guys Who's next? Are you going to step up and finish the mission or I got to do it by myself? So then the other three Imperials just shoot everyone, shoot the whole village, and they go back to Camino. Tolkien is happy. Rampart is happy. Caminoans are not happy. They're like, we need a new batch of clones for new soldiers. Uh, the Django genetic material is degrading, so we're losing. We got to do something else. So they mentioned, I forgot her name, the, one of the Camino ones, that hopefully her new experiment will yield a batch of superior clones, but they need a direct source. And then we start, what's all this? We have Omega, is she part of this new batch of clones? Is she part of the last batch of the Django Fett genetic material? Then you start thinking about the Mandalorian and Grogu, what they wanted with him. We know that. They have the Caminoan badge, cloning badge on their shoulders. So all that starts melding together and building. Again, Star Wars, everything's everything's connected. But I really enjoyed seeing Crosshair as this badass that doesn't care. They made some even more improvement to his inhibitor chip. And he's, he's gung-ho. He's, I'm following the mission. This is the mission. We're doing it. And I don't care who's gets in my way, clones, troopers, stormtroopers, empire, I don't care, we're gonna do this. So I really like, like I've been saying, please keep Crosshair bad, at least for the majority of it. I don't want him to turn back to the Bad Batch in two episodes. I want him to be on the hunt and just keep hunting them because I really like Crosshair this way. There's something about it I really enjoy. Um, whew, I need a breather. So when they, going back to the other side of the episode, when they crash land on this moon, Record hits his head during the crash landing and has a headache throughout the whole episode. He hits his head again in episode four. So now, okay, where's the, the inhibitor chip is gonna kick in at any second. So I think they're slowly building to that or building, building to something that has to do with Record's hitting his head so many times. Well, at least we're playing with us because we know every time record hits his head, we think that he's gonna turn on someone and record gone bad is gonna be it's gonna be difficult for the bad batch to control him. Although Fennec Shan didn't have a problem in episode four, just smack, you're done. So episode three replacement, I really enjoyed. Ooh, sorry. All right, and then we move to Friday's episode, yesterday's episode called Ooh, excuse me, sorry about that. Corner. Talking about a beautiful looking episode. Corner shows again how the animation in this show is gorgeous. It's beautiful to look at. This planet, they go to Pantora because they need supplies. And this planet, I love, love that we're not just on a planet that's just an environment. Salukumai was a lot of dust and dirt. 
Uh, the planet, I guess it was on the run. I'm not sure where Sogherera was hiding. It was just a jungle. Here, this is a living planet with bright colors, speedership, people walking. There's markets. I love the look of Pantora. But before we get to it, the opening shot of this episode is one of the better looking shots in all of Star Wars. I said it, live action, movies, TV, Clone Wars Season 7. The Havoc, Havoc Marauder, the Bad Bad ship, going slowly through the backdrop of space with all these stars, looked like a live action shot. It was just beautiful. And then when they finally land on Pantora, all the colors, all the vividness of the people walking the street, there's this parade going, everyone celebrating the end of the war, celebrating the empire. And again, how quickly, just a few weeks, everyone's like, yeah, the war is done, the empire is great. I, and the same thing, there is, I think, Rampart is on one of the big screens. Come turn your Republic credits, we'll give you Imperial credits for free. You'll get a chain code. Again, the Empire, they're tricking people. That's what the Empires do. The Empire do. But Pantora, like I said, great seeing this new planet. I think we saw it, I don't know if we saw it in Clone Wars, but a great planet. I love seeing Pantora. It looked like the lower levels of Kurosan, but without the crime. If you go out to the underground in Kurusan, it's all these neon signs, but all this crime going on. And a lot of people have said it. I'll just repeat what everyone was is saying. It's that vibe, this Attack of the Clone vibe when Anakin and Kenobi are chasing Sam Wessel through the streets. Very noir, very Blade Runner, I guess, with all the neon signs, all the speeders going back and forth. It had that same feel, and I loved it. The colors, the vibe, the music, Everything in Pantora I really love. Um, and again, poor Echo. Let me find this real quick. Oh, I should have said, I'm going back to episode three real quick to replacement. So the episode ends after Crosser comes back with his group. He says that one person didn't make it. They go back to their barracks and he's left alone in this place that he used to share with the Bad Batch. And he's just sitting there. And a lot of people are comparing this to the way that Agent Kalos, after that episode with, with Seb on the moon, that they had to work together to get out. And we, when he's brought back to the Empire, they really don't care about what happened. He's sitting he, on his bunk, kind of the same position that Crosser is here, when he has that turn from, OK, I think the Empire is bad, and I have to do something about it. Maybe this is Crosser kind of thinking that he made a mistake and he's kind of rethink, rethinking his life. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But then going back to, or moving forward again to Cornered, I love that color. I love the looks. I mentioned I love Echo. I love the look of Echo. It's the new droid of the group. And this episode brought all that together. And I love droid Echo. Look at him right there next to, there he is. There's, there's Echo next to, to Hunter. I love the whole look. Come on, give me an Echo Droid Pop or Black Series. But it's not your regular Droid. It's not going to be sold for a thousand credits or two thousand credits. So, anyway, they need to sell things. They need money for supplies and rations. And then this guy tells, okay, I'll give you two thousand dollars, two thousand credits for that Droid, thinking that Echo was a Droid. And Echo's like, come on, two thousand? I'm worth more than this gets 
sold out for 3,000 credits. But then at the end, he says, you, you got me for a bargain. Yeah, know your worth, Echo. Know your worth, man. Uh, but before this, and I tweeted this out on Friday when I saw this. So they're fixing the ship, and Hunter tells who's this? Wrecker, hey, Wrecker, you stay here with Tech. Try fix. You gotta fix the ship. Not fi not fix the ship. They gotta remove the the track, the serial number, basically for the ship. You gotta you gotta remove that. And he's like. Why am I staying here while you while you go sightseeing? Oh, because you stand out. Is what Echo says. You stand out, and Wrecker's like, and you don't. And that's when he puts on the the droid, the blast the blast shield, I guess, for his faceplate. And now he looks like a droid, and he goes out. And I said it on Twitter. And come on, Hunter doesn't stand out. That dude has a half face skull tattoo with a red bandana that he hasn't switched out in ten years. Everyone's looking for them. He doesn't stand out with a half-face skull tattoo. Have you ever seen someone down the street with even just a little tattoo on their face? They stand out. His half-face is a tattoo. He stands out. Anyway, so they go, and Omega says, I'm not staying here. First time out of Camino. I got to go sightseeing, basically. And then they go out. They're trying to sell stuff very similar to... Uh, the Phantom Menace trying to get credits for the hyperdrive. So they're trying to sell all their stuff. And then Omega sees this little toy clone trooper, this little trooper, which was very similar to the trooper toy that young Gene Erso has in Rogue One that then is found by the Death Trooper. So that really brought me back to Rogue One and that connection there. We also saw a Vorpak it's those dog-looking creatures from Resistance. Star Wars Resistance, one of the characters over there, Toradosa, has this little long-legged creature that looks like a half-pig, guinea pig, dog-looking bull pack called Buggles. So cool seeing that because the Resistance, the people that worked on Resistance are also working on the Bad Bash. It was cool seeing that, cool seeing the the callbacks to Attack of the Clones with that speeder chase. Great seeing that little clone trooper toy doll like Gene Erso had in Rogue One. Maybe the same, you know, the ones that Rey has in The Force Awakens are the, she made them herself, I think. But again, seeing all these little toys in Star Wars kind of bring everything together. So very cool seeing that. And Omega being the kid that she is. And again, that's why oh, Omega, just stay close. Stay close to your dad. But as a parent, We've all done this, and you come back, and your kid is gone. He might be just standing two feet, two feet behind you. You lose your mind. You, I lost my kid. I don't know where the hell they, they are. So that's what happens to happens to Hunter Omega. Balls it. She gets hit because the Vorpak took her doll, trying to find it. She gets lost. Omega's Hunter's trying to find her. He sold tech. I mean, echo to this merchant. So oh, you. We'll come get you when we're done. We just need the credits. And he goes after her. And then who comes in? We know she was coming. We all love her. Fennec Shan. Yes, Fennec Shan from The Mandalorian. Voiced once again or played once again by Ming-Na Wen. Does a great job here. She's going to be a recurring character. We called it. We said it. When Ming-Na Wen was cast for Mandalorian and she was only one episode of season one, I said, it's no way you cast someone like Ming-Na Wen and just use her for one episode. 
We saw her then multiple times in episode two, sorry, in season two of The Mandalorian. Now she's here. She's going to be in the book of Boba Fett. So she's everywhere. And we love Mingna when we love Fennec Shan, her armor. And I just made fun of Hunter for having the same bandana for 10 years. Here we have Fennec Shan with the same armor. She has, I don't know, 30 years from now in The Mandalorian. But it's a great costume. It's a great design. I would keep it also. That helmet is awesome. And again, here we go. Din Djarin wasn't a great father. Not a great father. That's that's not. He wasn't the best father at the beginning with safety for Grogu, keeping him on that speed that we're not seat, no seat belt. Come on, parenting 101. Well, here we have Hunter not, not teaching Omega. Stranger danger. Stranger danger, right? Comes Fennec Shan. Oh, you're lost, little kid. Oh, I'll help you find your your friends, your family. Come on, let's go the complete opposite direction from where you were coming. Yeah, come on, Omega, stranger danger. That's the first thing. I know you never left Camino. Those cloners, they're too trusting. We've been saying it. People are too trusting in this new empire. First thing you're going to know, stranger danger. Start screaming or yelling. Uh, Hunter finds her, tells her to back away, and there, there's that chase trying to get her. And Omega for never leaving Kurosant. She sure knows all the right buttons to press when trying to get into that service tunnel, then going up to that tower, press the button to close it, pull the lever to drop the stuff from that speeder or whatever that was. She sure knows how to play with it. But anyway, it's a great, she's a, she's a, she's a good character. She's growing on me, Oti, don't worry. So Oti's saying there's not much Hunter can do about the tattoo. But do just get a haircut and get rid of the bandana again, Hunter. Come on, if this is me now, right? If I was trying to get away, oh crap, I would shave my face, I would shave my beard, get a haircut. But no, you're right, Otti. It's like, all right, that's fine. No one's gonna know who I am wearing all this armor, Wrecker and everyone else with the same armor. It's fine. It's Star Wars. We love. We love when Star Wars is weird. Um, and basically it ends with Hunter chasing down Fennec Shan. They have this great confrontation, gets headbutted. Then they're in this sewer. Record finds them. Oh, again, this is, come on, Record, be smarter. He finds Omega in the sewers. Sees Fennec Shan 50 yards away. Just bolted to the other end. The point is, you got the kid, just run. What does he say? Just go, get to the ship, Omega. Omega's lost. She was just lost for the past 30 minutes, half hour. I just tell her to go by herself in the sewers. Like that's a, big, a good idea. That's fine. Record's not the brightest, as we mentioned before. He charges. Fennec Shan gets out of the way, knocks him into the, the side panel, drops down again. Another hit on the head to Record. That chip, that chip is rattling inside that brain. I know there's, there has to be something in there. But it's just rattling. It's gonna, it's gonna turn on eventually. Um, but anyway, they save Omega. They get on the ship. I kicked something. Sorry, and they're gone. But Fennec Shan is still there. She's gonna be a recurring character, a recurring villain. So we're gonna keep seeing her. But the, the important, not important part, but the oh yeah, here we go. She calls someone and says, "I lost the kid, but I'll find them. I'll find her again." Who is she talking to? 99% or at least 99% of the people out there are going to say, of course, she's talking to Boba Fett. And that's, I'm 100% sure that that's what the creators want us to believe. 
And that's what I thought. Yes, Boba Fett. Because we a lot of people people have said that in Bad Batch we'll see how that relationship started between Fennec and Boba. Because when we meet them in Mandalorian, we know there's a past there. So it might well be that it's Boba Fett that she's talking to, and we'll see Boba Fett in, in Bad Batch. Makes sense that we'll see him. But maybe they're just throwing that out because it's the easy thing to believe. It will be someone else. Maybe someone working for the Empire. Maybe Starkin. I don't know. Probably Boba Fett. Look at him. How can, how can it not be that guy? Boba Fett. So it'll be cool to see who it is. So no, we didn't get to see Tarkin this episode. We didn't see Crosshair. We didn't see anyone. Just We just followed the Bad Batch, Hunter, Omega, and then we were introduced to Fennec Shan in this version of this version of Fennec Shan on the Bad Batch. So another great episode, very action-oriented. Shows you again how quickly the Empire is rising, how quickly people are falling for this fantasy that the Empire is, is selling you, that everything is better now with us. Just give us your whole life, your whole information, your whole privacy, and we'll, we'll keep you safe, the thing that the Republic couldn't do. How quickly that is happening. So it's going to be very interesting by the end of this first season, how far we are into stormtroopers, the Empire taking control of everything. It's going to be very interesting. So that's it basically for the first four episodes of the Bad Batch. I think we're going to have 16 episodes this first season. No word yet if this is going to extend into a second season at least. Most likely, I, I doubt that they're going to end in... in this show in just one season. I am a bit surprised that they announced it's going to be a 16 episode season. I was probably saying, thinking 8 to 12, 12 similar to season 7 of Clone Wars, but 16 episodes is a lot. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes and how many seasons they keep doing. So far, The Bad Batch has been a hit with fans and with critics out there. I was talking to one of my brothers earlier today. He's loving The Bad Batch so far. My other brother is going to start watching it soon. So I think Star Wars has knocked it out of the park again with their third animated series. So like I mentioned at the beginning, I'll leave my words so far. Very, I'm enjoying Bad Batch very much, very interested in where it's going to go. And the story is telling because, yes, we're following these four clones, enhanced clones, but it's not just a, a battle of the week or it's not like what we thought Mandalorian was going to be with a new bounty every week the show is something different. So it's it's very interesting to see where the show's gonna go. All right, so this is where I wanna hear from you guys. Let me know, chat, comments, Twitter, send me an email, radiorebellion at gmail.com, radiorebellionpodcast at gmail, radiorebellionpod, I don't know, you can find it on the link tree. What do you think the rest of the season is gonna be? What's, let's do some speculation. Omega, what are Omega's enhancement? Is she force sensitive? I'm gonna say yes. Um, I think she she has to be force sensitive. She I can't remember exactly what it was, but in the first episode she sensed something, and I think they're playing with it again. That's why a lot of people are thinking that she might be a clone of Palpatine. Maybe she was the first one, or he's been trying this for a long time. Oh, it works. Get rid of all the other clones. This is what we have to worry about. She gets lost. Okay, get me Grogu. We gotta work with that. So we'll see where that goes. Also, what's her clone enhancement? Is it mimicking? A lot of people have showed. Um, you can find this on Twitter, YouTube, everywhere out there, how she's copying Hunter for the most part. She copied Echo also in one point. In this episode, 
when Fennec Shan has her, Hunter comes in and says, get away from her. Hunter goes like this to his back to grab his knife. Um, Fennec Shan goes to her side also to grab her gun. And Omega, you can see, drops that orange or whatever fruit she has and kind of goes that same, same motion. And in episodes one and two, we've seen how much she mimics Hunter with a little sign, the way she sits. So is her enhancement is mimicking? Is this part of force sensitivity that she can see a little bit ahead in the future? So very interesting to see what part Omega plays in the home cloning history. And moving forward, what does the Empire want with her? Why are bounty hunters chasing her? Because this is not just other chasing the Bad Batch, which is what I thought at the beginning when the ship comes and Fennec Shange is, is there, she's there hunting the Bad Batch because the fugitive of, of the Empire knows she's there for Omega. So what's the relationship there? Why do they want her back? Are the Kaminoans hiding something for the same reason? I mean, they are hiding something because they know they're obsolete now. The Empire doesn't want their clones, so they're basically getting run out of business. Are you only doing armies? Are you only cloning armies, Kaminoans? You gotta branch out. Marketing, economics 101. If you have one product, you're toast. You need to have, you have to diversify because your product eventually is gonna either get copied or won't be needed anymore. And you're in that, in that part, you're not needed anymore because the war is over. You're gonna do clones for something else. Do clones for chores, do clones for teaching. People need, send clones to the outer rim to help rebuild. Talk to Lena So. I'm sure you talked to Lena So and her rebuilding prog program over there in the High Republic. That didn't work out too, too well, I'm, I'm thinking. Come on, diversify your clones. It can all be armies. Wars are gonna end sometimes, we hope. And then let's keep with Omega real quick before we finish which I forgot what I was gonna. So we're talking about Omega, her clone power, she's mimicking. I forgot. Damn, come in once you threw my train of thought out there. So Crosshair, will Crosshair stay bad? I want him to stay bad. He's Star Wars, he most likely will not redeem, he'll turn back. We'll see, he'll, they'll do something to his inhibitor chip. There was a mention in this episode that he was following the orders of the inhibitor chip, so it wasn't really him. So maybe they're already planting those seeds. Is he the first death trooper? We saw those clones or those other troopers that he saw that enlisted all dressed in black. Are we seeing the beginnings of the death trooper with Crosshair, the first one? Very cool, very interesting to see that. That will be something that I would really enjoy. So hopefully. Is any other member of the Bad Batch gonna have issues with, the, with their inhibitor chip? Are they gonna turn? Is it gonna be Wrecker? Is it gonna be someone else? If it's not record, I don't think anyone else is going to be turned by the inhibitor chip. So we'll see. And hopefully if they keep Crosshair just as the bad guy with the inhibitor chip working, then I think that's fine. Just leave the other the other guys without those issues. But we'll see. Is record too dumb? Sometimes he's just like, oh, what? what are we doing? Just tell me. I'll say. I said he's, he's missing a few screws. I did like in this episode when... I wrote it down. When tech goes, oh, what they're looking for to change the, the signature of the ship, tech says, it's behind the rear parallax inverter, inver inverters. And then <laughs> record goes, blah, 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 just tell me what to rip out. I did love, I enjoyed that. I watched it twice. I 
giggled both times. So even though I give Wrecker a hard time because of sometimes he's played too dumb, I didn't enjoy that part. But is he playing too much into that? I don't remember him in Clone Wars, just in those four episodes, being this dumbed down. Yes, he was this big guy, but he wasn't just, oh, what do I do? I just want to hit stuff. I think there was something else to him. I think they kind of brought him down a little bit. Hopefully that gets a little bit better. But he's very close to Omega, having that relationship with her. In episode three, he built her a room, a bed, looking out to the stars. So they do have that relationship that kind of work, contradicts the other sense. So let's talk about it real quick and then end the episode. We kind of gloss over it a little bit, this controversy that started with this whitewashing. Are they whitewashing the, the Bad Batch? We mentioned a little bit at the beginning how Kanan Jaros, Caleb Doom looks a lot whiter than the Kanan that we saw in Rebels. Is that a problem? A lot of, again, it's, it wasn't this. No, it's lighting. It's a big difference. I'll say it's a big difference. And there you go, especially to the Bad Batch being the clones being molded from Django Fett, which we know Tamura Morrison has a certain skin color and the other clones. And here we have that most of the Bad Batch is a lot lighter, especially Echo. A lot of people say, oh, he was tortured. So maybe that's why. You have Wrecker, you have Hunter, not Hunter, uh, Crosser. They look very pale compared to Tamura and to Django Fett. Wrecker is the one that's a little bit less dialed down, I guess, or a little bit more less pale. It's a little bit darker shade. And same with Hunter. But then you have, like we said before, with Wrecker, maybe the darker one, but being played maybe too too slow, to say it that way. Is there an issue with whitewashing the Bad Batch? My honest answer is I don't know. I have zero idea what goes on behind closed door. I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt and say it wasn't thought that way. It's a stylistic choice that this is the way the Bad Batch are going to look. But yes, they are very different looking that the other clones are based on Django Fett. I don't think it's it was done in purpose, but I do understand why a lot of people find this to be problematic. And I'm not here to say that they're wrong. Where you can look at me, yeah, I'm Hispanic, but Hispanic comes in all shades also. So I understand I'm also very, I'm just a white guy basically. So I understand why people that are, are from the different communities might have a different version of not seeing the self represented the way they should be, people of color. And then some of those other characters being treated differently in the way that record is played, the way that they're called by the regs, by the other clones or oh, you're just the, you're different. So the different ones are the problem. So again, there's a lot of play with what watching in the Bad Bash from the fans out there, they see this as an issue, and I think they have a point. But I also want to believe that the creators didn't do this on purpose. And I would hope there'll be some explanation, but we know how these companies are, and it's very hard to get that. Whew, what a show! We were back after almost a whole month out, not talking to you guys. Radio Rebellion was on hiatus, but we came back to talk to you guys today. Star Wars is back with another animated show, The Bad Batch, great episodes. Great series so far. I said it before, I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I doubt it. The Bad Batch, it's been a, a cool season so far. So let us know 
what you think of the Bad Batch so far. Thank you guys for being here. We'll be back next week reviewing episode five of the Bad Batch. And most likely we'll do our review of Throne Ascendancy, Greater Good, the latest Throne. But we can see it here over my shoulder, this red one. Let me just, there you go, that red one, that's it. Throne Ascendancy, Greater Good. We'll probably do our review of that book next week. And we'll go from there. We've got a couple of guests lined up that we're going to start seeing in a, in a few more weeks. So thank you guys, as always, for being here. Thank you guys on the chat. Always fun. Mr. Res, may the force be with you. Oti from the podcast of Star Wars was here. We'll try to get you, Oti. We'll get you here for a full show. Michael from the 2 Met 2 Network. Kat, Bedego, as always, thank you for being here. So there's only one thing left to say. You know what it is, right? Stay safe, be safe, and may the force be with you. Radio Rebellion.